हाई एवरी वन वेलकम टू दी ब्रांड न्यू एपिसोड ऑफ क्रिएटिव पंजाबीज विद जसमीत नारंग लेट मी स्टार्ट दिस एपिसोड बाई आस्किंग यू अ सिंपल क्वेश्चन इफ ऑल ऑफ अस वर अपेयरिंग फॉर एन एग्जामिनेशन ईच वन ऑफ अस माइट हैव द सेम सेट ऑफ क्वेश्चन बट ईच वन ऑफ अस विल हैव अ डिफरेंट आंसर और अ डिफरेंट अप्रोच फॉर ईच ऑफ दैट क्वेश्चन द सेम इज एप्लीकेबल टू दी वर्ल्ड ऑफ फोटोग्राफी even if we have the same equipments same lightings each one of us will capture the same frame in a different and a unique way to understand this more and everything about photography please welcome our creative punjabi for today's episode sutej pannu hi sutej welcome to the creative punjabi show thank you so much jasmeet for having me online you know i'm really excited to be part of this show um i mean at the show you hosting it's about creativity so i was really excited to be part of it awesome this has to be like the best time uh, for anyone to be a photographer or maybe getting clicked like there are so many platform formats now you can share earlier it was mostly like a hard copy kind of a thing where people just had it in their closet or so Uh, but right now i think with all these apps i think it's a, one of the best times uh, for photographers and especially like people who want to get clicked so i just want to understand like uh, when and how did your journey as a photographer begin yeah so i think uh, in all our families our dad or mom would be the photographer or like Uh, the filmmaker who would be capturing our moments you know growing up my mom always had this album where she would compile all the memories any school event we would have you know in india we would have those fancy dress competitions so my mom would snap those photos and she would take these action shots so i remember one time me and my brother i was dressed up like superman and my brother loves batman so he was dressed up like batman and i was like we were taking jumps in there and there's one shot which my mom took which was me sort of flying in there like you know i was jumping off the bed but um i was jumping off the bed and she took that shot a very kodak moment she took and that photo you know in was always in my subconscious mind i always got back to that moment i was like how was she able to freeze this moment you know how was she able to make this moment into a still moment so that always uh, was in back of my mind so uh, eventually when i grew up i like learned a lot more about photography again thanks to my mom dad my dad used to be like the videographer he got this sony hdv camera so he used to record us uh, growing up and my mom was capturing us so i think it has a lot to do with like the environment i was stimulated in uh, so i like the 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 whole credit goes to mom dad for having cameras on them being able to capture it so eventually i got into filmmaking um in my 16 when i was 16 and 17ish in my like school days so we were recording a lot of videos in school with our you know with these hdv cameras we had back then i'm talking about somewhere 2008 2009 uh, when they started and then uh, i started editing that so it, it started more from a filmmaking perspective and then eventually got into photography after got it i mean it's so nice like you have the inspiration in your home only right 
yeah yeah it, because it was so different right like you know there's other stuff happening in day to day stuff we are like studying we're doing our things we you know as a brother like i have a sibling so we were like going to school every day uh, doing that typical thing which uh, like a like you know a indian household would do but then mom and dad were like capturing all these things so that always stood out for me and even for my brother he's also into filmmaking now so i guess ha- has a lot to do with our parenting yeah got it and i think yeah. you mentioned uh, 16 is where you actually started uh... yeah so what was yeah. your initial gear at that point in time and uh, what did you started capturing i mean family moments or uh, i mean for most of the photographers generally starts with sunsets flowers and insects yeah yeah so if you recall what did you started capturing yeah so back then this is about i would say 2008 2009 um i was doing more of like home videos again like doing these fun videos with my friends whosoever i could borrow for like uh, to be an actor in the film i i would ask them so i was making these films back then i still have them on my facebook so uh, back then i would make that but i uh, like india mein kya hota tuitions jaate ho aap you know you study and then jo mere tuition tutor the he said that you know his his son is into graphic designing he said that he's looking for a photographer for some reason he thought like i could do photography but i was more into filmmaking and more home videos fun videos like uh so then and then he said like if you have any references for his like upcoming project he was shooting for like a school rebranding like they were like coming up with these marketing photos for that school that's a school based in punjab they have bunch of branches uh so a public school and then i i did not have any like you know sources i did not have a camera but i got really excited getting to know that you know that there's a project coming up and uh and i reached out to my friend asking them to borrow their camera uh and they were really kind that they sent me their DSLR this was a Nikon D90 back then um i got really excited and uh i also wanted my friend to come along because i had no idea how to operate this camera um but then they weren't able to make it because it, uh, uh, at that time boards exam were going on so so sh- uh, she couldn't make it and then i i just took the camera and i went to the school and i started snapping these photos of the of the kids in the classroom you know these were mostly like kindergarten kids they were playing being very playful uh, again again in my mind it's my mom's photos are clicking in my mind how would she take it so like getting all those candid shots uh, so it actually did not start with like taking photos of like uh like normal things around me like it actually started at a commercial shoot where i actually got paid for the shoot so i like it, it there was no like hobby time in between the transition was instant and then right after that like those photos got published in jalandhar that's where i'm from originally in jalandhar and then they had that school photos uh published throughout punjab and then later on after a year they did reach out again saying that we would love to have you come back take those photos uh so in between that period i told my mom that this is happening she got really excited and she's very supportive so she got me a canon rebel t2i in india it's called i think canon 550d so that was my first investment in photography which was a crop sensor 
uh, Canon Rebel T2i or Canon 550D. Superb. But I'm curious to understand the project that you did and what you are currently doing as a wedding photographer that is completely different so how did that connect happen between the wedding photography yeah that's a great question i think a lot of folks uh, might resonate to how i connected to wedding photography because uh, back then having a camera was not normal like you know it is normal now like having dslr but i feel like in 2009 10 11 uh, not a lot of people were exposed to what DSLRs are. Like we were still looking for that blur mil jai, you know, like out of focus look mil jai So that was not a thing back then. So I was, I was publishing a lot of photos on my Facebook. Uh, very, uh, like pub Facebook back then was Instagram, I guess. So a lot of people were sharing their content. Uh, and then I was sharing all these photos. Um, so a family friend reached out. I guess that's all. That's how a lot of us wedding photographers do start, where a family friend would ask if you could take our photos at the wedding. So I shot their wedding. Uh, this was in England. I got to like travel there and I got to take these photos. Yeah. So it was very exciting from the get go. It became like a travel photography. Um, so it, it was a good mix to like start this whole photography again, very like thankful to the universe and my mom, dad to like initiating this. Got it. And then, yeah. I mean, it still continues currently, like you still take other commercial projects or is it focused currently now to the wedding photography thing? I do take commercial projects even right now. Uh, I don't publish them a lot on my social media, uh, but on my back back end, I do like research a lot more about filmmaking, about cinematography. Uh, like uh, that's that's my I would say core passion, like filmmaking. Uh, and then I do take them on on time to time whenever I am reached out to do a commercial project. Okay, nice. And. Uh... I'm just curious to understand, like, uh, uh, every photographer somehow develops a style, right? Uh, the way they capture and you can identify now, like, uh, okay, that's kind of a, a theme or maybe the tone or uh, a style that a photographer has. Uh, so what's Sutet's style of photography, if I would ask? Yeah, so I think style has a lot to do with the environment you are in. Uh, it's sort of, I, I liked this quote uh, when I was growing up, I heard this, like, what you see is what you become, uh, you know, so so a lot of your environment plays a huge role in stimulating you as an artist, uh, as a creator, I would say. Uh, so so uh, growing up, I would see my mom in a boutique, uh, like she would be have her tailors around. So she I was around a lot of fabric, a lot of like flower, earthy tones. Like a lot of her suits were like related to those kind of pastel colors. So I guess that, yeah, pastel colors. So that was like embedded in my mind. So I guess over a period of time as I evolving, like the thing which I'm more comfortable with executing is more being raw and being more earthy tone, like driven to, towards this more of a I would say nature looking natural looking photos but they would like the skin would stand out a lot more or the greens would stand out a lot more so has a lot more play about like brown and greens in it uh, but at the same time it's ever so evolving again like it could vary from time to time every six months it could change a little bit but I feel like I come back to this 
whole vibe of keeping a more earthy and raw ish vibe got it i think it's very uh, creative and kind of a very different perspective i've never thought like uh, how all of this has evolved uh, in in your your mindset somehow develops when you are around all of these things and it i think it's uh, at certain point of time it starts you uh, know happening naturally like where you identify all this stuff yeah i totally agree with you because i feel like um, that is how we can reprogram our mind as well so uh, you know if you find yourself in a creative block that's what i feel like a lot of creative folks would do they would like read a lot of books listen to a lot of audio books they would like indulge themselves in more of a creative living you know they would like get all these books from influencers because i even as a visual artist i don't do this anymore but like back then i would like have like any photographer i liked i would like have them bookmarked i would print out their photos look at them over and over like reconfigure my mind so this this mind is such a powerful thing where you can you know you can input all this information inside and that's what comes out of it this is a great insight to overcome the creative art block but sutesh tell me how does your day look like when you have to shoot a wedding yeah so a typical wedding day would start around i would say i would get ready about like 4 am and then head out to the wedding location around 7 uh so a typical day would start around 7 and then as the day progresses as i am shooting that event it would usually end around 8 8 pm and then i would come back and then back up all the footage all the photos like double back up so before i go to sleep i make sure everything is packed up so a typical day would start around i would say 4 and then go till like uh 10 ish i i do like sleeping early if possible so so i i try like wrapping up my day around like 9 or 10 that's that's a quite busy day i would say and yeah. i i think from outside some of uh, people think it's kind of very glamorous you get to like travel to different location different venues and uh, uh like you in somehow like as you mentioned you got uh, one of the work in england so you got also get to explore the world uh, but do you think like is that that should be one's motivation or is it like obviously there has to be some attachment to photography but i think what people talk uh, more about is all this glamorous thing so yeah so i feel like um, i totally agree you know a lot of us like you know even right now we say like that we should leave 9 to 5 to follow our dreams uh, but but this whole concept of dream becomes a full time like it becomes like a 24 hour job right so i'm sure you can relate to that you know even i guess when you're coming up with these podcast you reaching out to all the folks uh, so it becomes more like a 24 hour job in between what i feel like like a insight i would love to share is like i have seen a, this transition and i'm still learning this um is that uh, if you have a higher purpose like say if you have a higher purpose in whatever you're doing like something which is more sustainable something which is more friendly to the universe uh, something which has a more of a devotion to it to your creative energy uh, where it's more intimate uh, almost like having a romantic relationship i feel like then it becomes really worth it uh, so having a higher purpose that's what i've seen like 
uh, from 2016 to 18, I've seen this transition come into my own work where I have sort of not found a higher purpose, but I feel like there's a higher calling in whatever I'm doing. So, so tapping into that inner self or that higher self helps a lot more to keep it more neutral where you have more mental stability. I'm sure as an artist, as a creator, a lot of us go through these challenges of keeping our mind calm and, you know, keeping it focused. Uh, so to keep that mind in a narrow beam of focus, I feel like if, if the back end is more devoted in a higher purpose, it could be anything. It could be for something you have like an inner seeking going on, something you want to do for in terms of uh, for the for earth itself uh, or something in your society. I think those things make it more easy to sleep with yourself and keeps your mind more numb and more neutral in any kind of situation. Yeah, I, I think I understand what you're trying to say. So yeah. I think for anyone who is uh, listening to this uh, episode and is planning uh, to uh, start his or her career, uh, I think that's a very valuable piece of advice before uh, you like kind of make a final call of making this as a full-time career option, right? Yeah, because there are going to be waves of external situations, like there are going to be external challenges. But if you're, if internally you're anchored to your own inner self, like if you have an anchor point inside, you will find more stability in your work. You'll find more creativity. You will find more newness in your work. Like that inner eternal self will come in a very vivid way towards your life. It will be more, I would say, vibrant in terms of idea. It will be unique. So as long as you ha your anchor point becomes more of your inner self. Uh, so that's why I guess a lot of people end up doing like meditation, you know, a lot of like solitude he helps with that. A lot of self-reflection helps in that, I guess. Got it. Yeah. And uh, let's, let's, let's go a little more deep into the creative process. Uh, yeah. uh, so I think especially like uh, it, it actually stands true for all photographers, but especially in the wedding photography, like someone is trusting you to create a memory for life, right? Yeah. So how do you define a perfect shot or a perfect photo? And, and follow up on this is like how do you capture emotion along with picture because the business that you are it's truly like more on on the emotion side as well right so how how do you capture because if if i would ask like if if i see photographs right right room remain the same but in each photo what differentiate is the emotion is is these different subjects how they are reacting so how how do you like uh, define a perfect shot or a perfect photo? That's a great question. I feel like as a wedding photographer, when I'm hired to do these weddings, I almost become like a medium, which I'm, I'm not even there to be honest. Like at that time, I would be like, when I see those photos, I also get surprised that how did this happen? Because at that point, sometimes it's the client's own energy which is manifesting things through you uh so it's 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 more kind of i would go more like again like spiritual on this uh because i feel like i feel like it's not like you are there to document the event you're neither there to 
make it more happier, make it more like judgy about everything which is happening around you. Your duty is at that point to be documenting the day as is, like in its purest form. So if you are in the purest form of your inner self, then you'll be able to tap into the present moment way more, where you'll be able to look at the at the beauty side of it, like, you know, as they say, like, the beauty lies in the eyes of the beholder. So it's it's as a photographer, you look for these moments, but they somehow manifest themselves on their own. So all you have to do is be a little more zenned out at that point. Um, be be like a little more like again, anchored inside, have have patience with the whole process. As it unfolds, uh, you know, as the things are happening around you, you start finding that you start capturing them in a certain way. So a lot more presence helps with that. A lot more connecting with your client on a on a very friendly basis, uh, like keeping things very like neutral. I would say being more. I would I would say like that being more connected to the surrounding in a more neutral energy way, so you are able to see things as is, so you can capture it through your camera. Got it. And I think these are very valuable uh, tips, if I would say, like for capturing real moments uh, on our wedding, right? Yeah. So yeah, being more present, uh, because we might have some ideas which we want to execute. We might have this Pinterest board, but it, you will be making your own kind of thing at the end of the day. The you know you'll make you'll you'll have a bunch of things together, and then it will manifest in your own authentic way. So it's good to have inspiration before leaving home. It's good to look at your mood board before you go go to work. But at the same time, letting things as is and letting your subconscious take over, because if you have fed your subconscious mind with all these mood boards, all these happy thoughts, I'm sure you'll be able to execute the job a lot more better with that. Got it. And uh, I'm going to ask, like, how's your chemistry with the lightings? I think for for photographer, uh, chemistry with the lights has to be like like the best, I think. So how is your uh, chemistry with the lighting and uh, have you been able to identify uh, like what's the perfect lighting for you per se for your work yeah so initially when i started i was using a lot of off-camera flash where i would even take like these bulky allen chrome lights with me to a shoot uh i i did have like a alien b strobe light which would have this big battery pack with it uh, so initially I started with off-camera flash. Uh, it was again a thing which a lot of people were following back then. There was this website called strobist.com. Uh, so a lot of my references came from that website and they were using these speed lights. As I as I got more evolved in photography, I realized sometimes having too much equipment can sort of be a burden in the process. So I started shedding out a lot of equipment where I would plan to shoot something without any artificial light. So I left the home without any speed light, without any strobe. I'll be like, jaisa hoga, waisa hi shoot karenge, you know, dekhi jayegi, you know, like that kind of, you know, ke aaj to aise karna hai, you know. So putting yourself in more like a, more like a perspective where you say, I'll work with the environment more. So, so now as I'm evolving, I, I feel like, I feel like I like, backlighting my subjects a lot more so where the light is coming from behind them i feel like it gives more of this hazy and more of a cinematic look to the 
uh, film. So I, I right now I'm practicing a lot more backlighting my subject where I would have the sun behind my subject. So I'm pretty much shooting into the sun and the light is coming from behind them. Got it. And I think uh, yep. one of the interviews that I was uh, recently uh, listening to was of uh, Joseph Rathir. So he yep. mentioned like the daylight is the best light. Like uh, he, yep. he, he didn't even mention like he never he takes lights as a backup, but he makes sure yep. like he, he doesn't has to get them off his back. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, that helps a lot because there's so much you can do with artificial lighting. So, uh, like you could have, you have like 360 angles to work with when you have a strobe light. So it can get very confusing and the whole movement could like pass away. The whole wedding could like be gone and you're still figuring out where to put the speed light. So I feel like to keep things more clear and be in the space of clarity inwardly, I think it's much easier to just work with the daylight. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, how do you avoid like a paparazzi situation? Like uh, somehow uh, on Instagram, uh, like people hire photographers and videographers. And obviously then uh, we also have uh, everyone turns out to be a photographer at the entry of bridegroom. So we have so many mobile cameras also. So it kinds of becomes a paparazzi situation. Uh, how, is there any way to avoid this or how do you avoid the paparazzi situation and uh, and the follow-up is like how many people in your team you work with or is it like a very minimal setup you try to work and capture like the candid and not make sure people are like conscious like a camera is capturing them yeah so that's a great question i think for someone who wants to do more of candid photography i think this is just great because as of wedding photographer initially we would think that we need to stop the client in a certain light we need to stop them everywhere they go so they become more conscious with that process uh, sometimes you think that you're not doing your job until unless you go tell them something like you tell them that you have to pose in this way you have to look this way it's it again you're I have realized this, that my job as a wedding photographer is to capture the moment as is. I will get that 30 minutes in between the event with the client where I get to do the posing part. But before and after that, it's all as is, as it's flowing more candid. So establishing that initially. So whenever you are at the first event or even in a consultation, you could let the client know that my way of working is more candid. I like capturing the moment as is. Like, you know, I don't like tweaking it a lot. So whatever is happening, is happening for good. So we'll capture the moment as is. So you established that before. I think the second question is part of this question because you have to sort of tell your team as well. And in my team, I have about four other photographers who work with me. And one of them does cover more of a traditional coverage where he would go around and capture the gathering. But the three of us would be mostly capturing the candid shots. We will be not tweaking things. One of us would be focusing on the siblings. One of us will be focusing on the bride and one of us will be focusing on the couple. So we'll have this balance of switching between candid shots of the bride and the groom and then both of them together. And then right after that, we have even candid shots of the immediate family. And if you establish that beforehand, the client will understand. They will even educate their 
their family about it that you know the hired photographer works in a more candid way so if they are pointing the camera at you it does not mean that we need to look at them and smile or start posing uh, so i think letting your client know and establishing that and putting that outwardly in your social media where you are showing that kind of work where it's a lot more candid and they're able to see that initially that they're hiring a candid photographer got it and and just one question out of curiosity comes to my mind because i think uh, you might like want to work on that uh, photographs uh, after the event ends but i think or uh, some of people have a tendency also to get these photos immediately available right now because they want to share with the world right so yeah. like how how does that happen because i think in 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 a wedding season like sometimes it's kind of back to back and then you have that pressure like okay we want these pics to be delivered asap so does that like kind of you you communicate that prior or like somehow it hampers the quality or maybe the uh, final has final data has uh, everything which was committed and the initial that you share is just the raw thing so how do you handle such kind of a situation or request from clients yeah so again uh, i would say establishing that in case a client is concerned that they would like their photos sooner you can let them know about the process because all the images which we are shooting are raw images and they do require some sort of color correction color grading so that process does take time initially it used to take 6 months but i have been like working on the workflow now a lot more it's coming down to 2 to 3 months where we are able to bring the turnaround time much sooner and the goal is to bring it even like closer to i would say 3 to 4 weeks uh, so the client does not have to work uh, wait a lot on this but that process does take time because each and every photo does go, go through lightroom which requires these uh these colors to be put on them so there about i would say somewhere from 3000 to 4000 images which we deliver and the images shot are probably around 6000 images but a lot of them are very like repetitive shots uh so like the whole process is of culling the process like sorting selecting and then bringing them to uh lightroom where you could edit them so again establishing that with the client and in case they are concerned about like getting photos sooner if you if your schedule does allow that i think there's no harm in delivering sooner than 3 months got it i think thanks for answering that it actually explains that what happens once uh, it once the photos are clicked so a lot happens before the final product uh, gets to the client side so, uh, yeah uh now i'm going to ask like if i have if, i mean yeah you can uh, if you have to be on the other side like uh, how how should one choose uh, a wedding photographer because i think somehow people see right now on instagram or facebook they see okay my friend's wedding was shot like this i want this and i'm sure you might have you people might ask like okay i want certain things like this but i think Uh, you can't replicate the vibe right and the, uh, there would be a separate vibe on some other your friend's wedding or some wedding that you attended and your uh, wedding vibe would be absolutely or it, it may not be absolutely uh, same uh, so how should one choose a wedding photographer and what kind of an expectation should one have while uh, deciding a wedding photographer 
Yeah, so I think the first go-to way of picking your photographer will be looking at the photographer's work and seeing how much do you like it visually. So first thing would be referencing to their work visually. And then after that, just going through their website or even through their Instagram feed would help a lot because you'll be able to see how how much do, the, do you like their fo- uh, the colors they have. Uh, you know, if, if you think that the colors are saturated or desaturated, if they have too much color in it or it's just perfect for you. And then another thing would be looking at if they're capturing more of posing shots or more of a candid shots or would you like a balance in between? Uh, so I would say first would be the the visual color aesthetic. Second would be the visual lighting aesthetic. If you like the lighting in it, again, it gets very technical for somebody who's getting married. They might not have time to look at the lighting, but in terms of how natural the photos are looking, like if you had to print that out and put it right next to your bed, would you do that? Like, you know, if, if that kind of, or is this something which you think is future proof? So looking at that and how, how, how raw is the couple looking in it? Like how natural are the photos looking? I think a lot of folks do like having these uh, unfiltered moments. I would say more of a raw vibe. Uh, that's something I think even, yeah, can even I think growing up in India in like 80s, 70s, 90s, you know, um, there they used to be these photos where they, the photos were more of these raw vibe to them. Uh, more of a candid vibe to them, so so I think f- people like that retro look. So so again, a lot of clients who do end up booking um, myself, they do refer to that retro look a lot. So I would say visually how the photo is looking, and then the second thing would be the moment itself. Like, do you want a balance of candid photography or do you want more posing? Uh, so that's the third thing, and the. F- uh, third thing would be uh, uh, reaching out to the to the photographer. There's no harm in asking them if they do cover the f- photos of the family. Would they be doing posing shots with the family, doing a phone consultation if possible? So asking questions to your photographer uh, and reaching out to to them via their email uh, or uh, setting up a consultation with them. There's no harm in that. So again, visual reference the candid shots or posing and then reaching out to the photographer to initiate this booking process. Perfect checklist. Yes. <laughs> so you, you yeah. mentioned uh, on like uh, checking Instagram feed. I was checking your yeah. Instagram feed and for listeners who are not following Sutej, they should check it out. He has amazing content. But I'm now curious because you have three different Instagram accounts. So I think obviously one covers the wedding photography part. But I would want yeah. if you can touch upon like and share like the two separate accounts which you have. One is uh, I think more on it shares a lot of your travel stuff, vlogging and other stuff that you're capturing while you are on way. And yeah. I think third one it, that has more of kind of thoughts quotes so why these three separate handles uh, if you can share with us yeah so uh, the thing i learned in like 2016 transitioning into 2018 was spending a lot more time with your own inner self like being in 
solitude or being self-reflective and at that time i think music helped a lot to like sink in uh, so i used to listen to a lot of qawalis i still do so a lot of music uh had an influence on my visual art uh, where the sufism came up so i end up end up capturing a lot of video content with the music i was listening to and it resonated so much with the with the whole vibe so i i started posting a lot more that was my personal page where i was just more of uh, experimenting with my photography but that ended up being more of a page where i would do these videos where i would have Sufi music in the background, Qawwali music or something soulful in the back, like devo- devotion music. And then I would have visuals which would resonate with it. Um, so that's the, one of the pages. And the third page is because, again, like at that time I was reading a lot of books, being being mindful or trying to be mindful about things I'm doing, learning about mindfulness. So... I guess a lot of us would come up with these thoughts or insights because I feel like the universe in Hindi, I would say it, it's Anubhav Prakash. Like, you know, you cannot really see God, but you can you can feel it inside you, you know, like that it comes through experiences of life. So it's Anubhav Prakash. So as that thing was coming up, so I, I had this urge of, it's still like an urge of writing something which I'm resonating with. Uh, so I would write. So I had that third page. Usually I would like post those quotes on my on my story, on my personal page. Uh, but then I decided to actually make another page where I would like keep those quotes. So I could also self-reflect because I don't own those quotes. It's something which comes upon and I get to share that with everyone. Um, and it's the, some things can be very, I would say, resonating with a lot of other people because i think these are things which do come from the universe itself and all of us being one like part of this existence so all of us were able to resonate it so the third page is uh, the the like the quotes and the insights which i'm being graced with as i'm experiencing life yeah i mean i'm gonna add all this in the description so anyone who is wondering what are all these three instagram handles just uh, go in the description and you'll find uh, these three handles yeah. and uh, apart from this you also have a youtube channel i think uh, you have started uh, uh, recently uh, and you have like silent vlogs very raw yeah. footage and raw audio uh, so where did that idea came in because i personally uh, started listening to some of them and i yeah. kind of really uh, was uh, i mean it's it's different uh, in in terms of if if i would if i would say honest like i i would feel the vibe of that particular place the people that they were ta- ta- that you were talking to right uh, i could yeah. be in that kind of moment i would say uh, after uh, watching and listening to the silent vlog which i think you call it so where yeah. did that idea uh, came in and what's next that i think we can expect uh, uh, we can expect as an audience uh, if you can share that yeah so whenever i am like working or doing my emails i will have this like thing playing in the background where it will be more of a nature videos uh like videos of stillness silent in the nature and then 
I just thought like these these things are so meditative when you have them playing in the background. Like you don't really have to pay attention to what the the video is talking about, but yet you feel transcended in that situation. So if I am having if I am coming back from work and I want to find that calmness within me, I would have these visuals of like rainforest videos, um, and then I would somehow transcend into that place. I would feel like I'm part of that place. I'm part of that forest. I'm part of that nature which is happening around. So I I I I started making these vlogs, and then I thought like, how about I try to transcend the people in them, like where they can feel the environment more. So it's the concept is called show not tell. Like you show it and don't tell about what's happening, so the viewer itself can make out what exactly is happening around it. Where well, you don't have to say you have to have a description of everything happening around it, uh, so that's the reason I liked it. And there are a lot of other videos, amazing videos on YouTube, where uh, where people are going for these trips. Uh, they're going for camping, hiking. They're doing these four-day camping. They're meeting their family, and then there's this just silent behind them. There's just environmental, atmospheric sounds. So. So I am making more of these videos, so I'm able to execute a lot more of this virtual experience for someone who's watching this, where they don't need to be told what's happening. They can just like feel that they're there, and eventually, gradually, as this is growing, and I'm right now I'm in US, and US has some beautiful landscape. And I do plan on maybe traveling in between my wedding shoots. To go to these locations where I could spend time in nature and uh, maybe do like camping on site, uh, but again, would be raw. If in case I do have thoughts, maybe I could put that somewhere in another video or at the end of the video or beginning. Uh, so, so has a lot to do with like connecting to the solitude, connecting to the moment. Because I feel like if I stop at every stop, like if if I stop at every moment of the video, then the connection sometimes can be lost, but again, the pe people who do do it, they do it beautifully. So I am trying to learn how to talk in between, if possible. Uh, but for now, again, like the inspiration is from those nature videos and those silent hikers who do it on YouTube. And then another movie which I watched recently, it's called Gamakghar. Uh, it's a very independent movie. Uh, I think you can find it online somewhere. Uh, not on Netflix, but probably on some other streaming website. Gamakghar. Um, uh, so that 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 has a lot more raw vibe to it, where the frames are more of a still frames, like they're locked down on a tripod. The camera is not moving moving a lot. The dialogues being shared are more in a place of stillness. People aren't like talking over each other. It's more of a very like a peaceful, independent, atmospheric movie. Got it. I'm I'm gonna definitely check this. Amazing. Yeah, great watch. Like visually, yeah. And I think one of the quality I would want to tell you, like uh, you're just talking to strangers, right? Very making them comfortable and excited on camera, right? That that's yeah. a very tough job, right? It's not easy. I don't know if that sounds easy for you, but I think that's also one of the unique thing that you are capturing the rawness along with like the strangers and getting them comfortable and excited uh, at the same point, right? 
uh, and facing them camera so i think very good job yeah so teach keep on doing thank you thank you so much thank you thank you so uh, i'm going to ask like if and we are moving towards the end of our conversation so i'm oh. going to quickly ask and people uh, the audience who is listening they're going to not leave this episode before knowing uh, this yeah. important question like what's i think you have a separate uh, video uh, so tej has a separate video on what is in his travel kit on youtube you can check we'll not go in detail on that but if i would yeah. ask like for wedding photography and uh, vlogging if you would recommend kind of a toolkit which is kind of inexpensive but without compromising on the quality for someone who just wants to start experiment and at the same time right short being in very expensive but like the quality should be decent yeah so if you're doing like travel videos if you're doing these day to day videos or do you you want do want to create more content i would say start off with your phone first i think phones have these amazing video quality uh but to go along with that i would say invest in a good microphone right away uh something which you can directly attach to your phone i think rode wireless go to is a good off camera mic where you could have it as a clipped on to your to your collar and the other side could be mounted in your phone uh so that would be a good starting point starting with your phone and then using your your microphone whatever you have in your budget do get a external mic uh you could even use the on camera mic on the on your phone but just have to be mindful about it like the environment you are in doesn't have to be too windy or noisy so that would help a lot uh the the whole goal is to get started like the whole goal is to have momentum like sometimes we get stuck in this technical aspect the goal is to get started with it like do your research that's great but start filming start taking photos start posting start publishing don't wait for that perfect moment to arrive there is nothing like perfect moment to arrive you just have to start it like you just have to press that publish button that's what the things which will eventually educate about you about the gear you used you will be able to self reflect about the editing skills you need to learn so i would say get started with your phone and then start publishing it like share it with everyone around you yeah got it yeah. and uh, i mean ask some questions and you need to answer them either in one line or one word whichever you think is appropriate okay okay amazing so book that you are currently reading i'm currently reading big magic by elizabeth gilbert that's what i'm reading right now yeah got it and sutej's music playlist has i think you mentioned qawali and <laughs> sufi but anything specific or yeah a lot of nusrat fateh ali khan saab is on my playlist uh, yeah so i listen to him a lot yeah got it and then uh, favorite instagram account for getting inspired uh, for photography or in general so i do follow a lot of pages which have these stoic thoughts uh so a lot of my inspiration do come from like the thought process of life uh so i follow these uh, this page called daily stoic uh which i go through every day yeah and any yeah. dream project i think you mentioned around like filmmaking you are doing you have started working like uh, so any dream project uh, that you are working or you want to work yeah i would love to 
like manifest a movie which is in Punjabi and uh, has a lot to do yeah has a lot to do with like the culture kind of I grew up in and maybe have some like mystical side to it have some talk about like higher spirituality in it so that's something which would be a dream goal yeah. and uh, before we end this podcast to all the listeners who are listening one valuable piece of advice or thought that you want to give before we end this episode yeah so i would say spend a lot more time with yourself spend a lot more time with yourself in solitude get to know your own self get to know your own mind be friends with yourself first like your inwardness needs to start kicking right now like your connection with yourself is what's going to help you move forward in this process of creativity on days which days aren't turning out to be great i think your connection with your inner self will help you to bounce back in life so spend a lot more time with yourself get to know yourself question your existence that who am i like i would say that uh so get to know about your atma get to know about your existence uh get to know about the self that would help a lot more in a profound way in helping you to creative create something new wow i think we might end this episode right now but i think the thoughts that you achieved are gonna stay with me for long i'm gonna do some working on myself also personally wow. learned a lot not many things from you and wow. thank you for joining in i think it was like great we connected we did this and hoping to see you working on your dream dream project super soon uh, hopefully we get to see it maybe in 2022 fingers yeah. crossed yeah and keep con- uh, creating crossed. good yeah and keep creating good content sharing on youtube and your instagram handles and i very much look forward to the amazing content you, that you will be posting thanks atish thank you so much jasmeet it was a pleasure talking to you very kind of you thank you so much